I think I heard it first by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. That took me up 10,000 hours uh, to become an expert. Yes. So, and then we, when we talked before, it was like, so what do you want to be an expert in? And it's like, well, I'm not interviewing people. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah, so what, that, that just kind of blew me away. So, so what's the, it's not, I'm not cynical. I was like, so what's the point? You want to be like um, Oprah? Well, not Oprah. Well, Oprah, yeah, I guess. Oh, I could, I, you know what I mean. Someone is, that is doing like these, these, these random interviews. So, well, it's not an interview. Right. And you stress that like early on. So, so help people understand what it is, the whole concept of this project. Yeah, so I think a good way to frame it is like in, in high school or college or whatever. In those types of settings, when you meet new people, you're able to just meet them and build a friendship. And mm-hmm. I feel like once you get out of school and you get into the professional world, people are only willing to give you their time if it's for some type of agenda, like a business meeting or a date or something like that. And so I think there's a lot of value in connecting without an agenda, uh, just because one, you're establishing a bond between two people, like you're opening that door and you can walk back through that door at any time. Um, Two, you're expanding your perspective. And three, it's enjoyable to just sit down and and hear someone else's story and, and spend an hour just sharing things back and forth. So for me, in my mind, that's valuable. Um, and I don't know, for me, it has just made the world a much smaller place in that I'll meet people. Like this past weekend was a good example. I was flying to New York to visit my brother. And one of the girls that I had previously met was flying with her boyfriend to New York as well mm-hmm. to celebrate her birthday. And their flight took off like 40 minutes before mine. So I was able to meet up with them at the airport just to catch up and like sit down and have a drink. Uh, and for me to be able to have that experience out here in LA, which is like, I'm from the suburbs of Philly. LA is completely new to me to have that type of familiarity. is really rewarding internally. And I think other people would enjoy that feeling as well. Yeah. It's gotta be like, Oh wow. That's, that's Rob. It's like, who's Rob? Don't you know who Rob is? And then it's like a story. You sit down, you're getting to know these people catching up like in a random spot like that. And yeah, it's gotta be a, an incredible feeling. Um, so you started doing them out in, in Philly. What, what, what did, what did people, what were, what were some of the initial uh, impressions, like feedback you got from people who, who were in your, in your friend circle initially that, that weren't part of this 10,000 quest? Uh, good question. I think my friends thought it was like, I think they thought it was something that I would do. I have a pretty adventurous, uh, type of personality. Um, but it, it started really small. So it wasn't that big a part of my life back when I started. So I only met one person in November of 2015. And then I met four people that December, four people that January, five people that February. So during all this time, I was still working full time at a tech startup. Um, so it would just be me every once in a while, like, hey, guys, I'm going out to meet someone for my project tonight or this weekend. And they were like, okay, cool. He wants to meet new people. Um, and then as I, in July of 2016, the company I worked for was bought out. So I was laid off. So I took this full time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think at that point, maybe people thought I was a little bit crazy because I don't think that they thought it was possible to create a legi- legitimate life out of just meeting people. But for me, I always thought that if I did it and it organically grew and had an audience that I could leverage that audience for partnerships. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, I'm looking at him like, this has been an interesting journey, man. It, it's not just, okay, I, I sit down and, you know, you said you were, you were dealing with like re- rejection um, when you were in sales. You're like, take me off your list, scumbag. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, um, yeah, I'll remove you from my list. Sure. <laughs> but now it's, it's, it has evolved into this, this project where you're, um, you're making a difference. And, and it's by something that is as simple as just sitting down and doing something that we take for granted. You know, like you said, unless I'm getting something out of the exchange, I don't really want to sit down and chat with you. I have no, you know. What, what, what's the objective here? What's the, what's the end game? Oh, right. There's nothing in it for me. Why are we even talking? And right. so I, I, when, I, when I heard, I, I, I think a friend of yours, I, and I was in New Haven near Yale, and uh, a friend of yours, Mark, said, uh, you, you should, you should, you should ch- reach out to Rob. He's doing yeah. this project where he's interviewing 10,000 people. I said, 10,000 people? That's, that's, that's crazy. Yes, yeah, so he gave me your information. And I was like, oh, man, this is, I like this project. And so I wanted to have you on the air to share your story with, with our audience uh, because it's, I find it fascinating. And uh, yeah, I, I'm wondering who it was. I have a fraternity brother who I think lives in Connecticut named Mark. So it might have been him. Yeah. But in any event, so, so what, what has been some of like the, the most fascinating um, experience you've had? Uh, ex- experience wise, <clears throat> I, I flew down to, or didn't fly down, I drove down to San Diego last summer when I was living in LA. And I met this guy that my cousin put me in touch with and when he responded to our, her email introducing us, he said, sure, Rob, this sounds great. Uh, do you want to go up in a modern or historical aircraft during our hour? And I said, of course, I thought that'd be awesome. Did and he let so, you fly? <laughs> yeah, we got, I got to the, uh, the airport, the hangar, and he drove me to the plane. And he told me, he was like, you don't have to to fly in it if you don't want, because I built it myself. And <laughs> that was kind of anxiety inducing. And it literally said experimental on the side of the plane. Uh, and it didn't look like a real plane. It was only a four seater, but that was just a moment where I thought to myself, is it smart to get in this plane with someone you're just meeting? Uh, or is this something that you say no to? And ultimately I said, yes. And we spent the hour flying over the coast of San Diego and it was just such a cool experience because being in that type of plane, you feel it a lot more. Like you're a lot closer to just the entire experience of being in the air. And it was just such a fun hour of getting to know someone in such a unique setting. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. Just having this idea that was in my mind just a few years ago. And now I'm flying over the coast of San Diego just because I chose to take action on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you're meeting like people all over the world. So it's just not, um, Philly has branched out across the country. Yes. So I started in Philly and I came out to Long Beach, California because my roommate from Penn state had an apartment here and was willing to host me. And so I've driven across the country five times just to get 
to, out to LA and back to Philly. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. So, so did you make pit stops along the way or obviously got to make pit stops to get gas, but were you meeting people along the way to, to Cali? Yeah, I would stop in a new city every day and try to meet one or two people in that city before going to bed and driving to the next spot. So as a result, I think I've, I've met people in 17 different cities across mm -hmm. the U.S. Um, and I haven't made it abroad yet just because I can't afford to, to fly abroad yet. But I'm definitely planning to meet people all over the country and all over the world as, as the project continues to open up and those opportunities become available. Mm. So afterwards, you, you have this conversation, and then you do a, um, a blog post. Um, are you recording these conversations? No, no, no. It's just, uh, it's just two people chatting, like very informally. Mm -hmm. um, the intent is just to create a connection and to share time together. Um, and then as a byproduct, I take a picture with everyone and I post their story to my Instagram account. Um, so... Yeah, the, those stories are just all written from memory. Um, and I, it just comes from experience of actively listening to people and, and trying to think about their lives in a way that, that to me is like a movie. Like when I talk to people, I'll watch their lives as if it's a movie because I just am curious about where people were, where they are and where they want to go and on the in-between of how they got there. So... Yeah, I do, I do write uh, posts after the fact, but the only place to record it is in my mind. Got you. Got you. So I'm going to shut up now. And I'll, if we can reverse roles and you, you, you take, take our audience through what it would be like to sit down and have a, um, a cup of coffee with you. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. All right. What's up, Rob? So, <laughs> hey, what's going on? Good to talk to you, man. Um, so what I, I know you met my buddy Mark in Connecticut, but are you from there originally? No, I'm, I'm originally from Barbados. I, uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New okay. York, in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is that where you live now? No, I live in Connecticut now. I live out in Wally World. Okay. Interesting. How, like, what made you choose to move up there? I, I was, was going through a transition. I had gone through a divorce, and then it was like, well, there was nothing tying me to a specific location. So I, um, I moved from uh, where I was staying at the time in Brooklyn. Um, actually, in order for me to get a place to stay, I, need, I was staying with my sister in Connecticut, and then I had taken a job at... Uh, I was working at CVS. I was a manager at CVS. Okay. Yeah, and then I just uh, I just stayed in in Connecticut. Nice. How how long ago was that? That was uh, 20-2010. Oh, so you've been up there for like nine years now. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and were you in Brooklyn up until that point? No, I had, I had gotten married about when I was 22 and then moved to Long Island and was in uh, Brentwood um, for a number of about 13 years. Then, yeah, then uh, got divorced and moved to, uh, moved to Queens and was in Queens and then was in Brooklyn and then from Brooklyn to, uh, to Connecticut. Gotcha. Sweet. So 
Well, did you go to did you go to school after high school? Yeah, I, I, while I was in high school, I was um, majoring in uh, went to FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology, uh, and nice. I got this um, idea that I wanted to help people, so I switched to um, Adelphi for uh, social work. Okay, what what is that? Adelphi University um, in Garden City. They have a, a they had a satellite. They still do have a satellite campus in in New York. So I would commute from. Uh, Brentwood to I'd make a pit stop in Syosset. That was my overnight job at the time. Okay. Um, and then head into Brooklyn where I ran a dropout prevention program and then go to school in between and then turn around and come home and, and do it again. Nice. The next day. Yeah. And what, what was like the, so when you were in college, what was like the, your dream job at that point? I don't know if I had a, a dream job it was it was always go to school get an education so you can get a good job and that was it so that that just didn't seem to and that's it and then what happens and then afterwards it's like okay so at some point you're just gonna die so I'm just going to school to get a job to that didn't make sense to me so it was like okay I want to make a difference um all right so yeah I think I'll do the social work thing and then um, just the commute, it just became like a drain and I was making a difference, making an impact, but physically and just, it just wore on me. And, um, yeah, I went and, uh, said, man, I got to do something a little different. And I started sewing. I had, uh, started a bow tie company. It's called knots in the box. Um, cause that's what it felt like. It was sort of like a metaphor for my, my life at the time felt knotted up inside and yeah. I started sewing and I went into a Kinko's. And a buddy of mine who, who was still in contact with um, Bob, his name is Robert also, we call him Bob for short. Mm-hmm. He was telling me about a, a hockey player who, uh, one of the coaches rather, who wore a bow tie and I should send the sample to him. And, and I was looking for a job that was closer to, to where I was living. And um, Kinko's had a, a branch in Hopog and Hopog is like the next town over from Brentwood. So I started working there overnight. And, you know, just making copies and binding books. And then eventually, you know, got into a training and development program, manager and training program, opened up a couple of branches out there and then became a senior center manager. And But then there was always this call to want to still interact and help people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's been the, uh, the driving uh, force. Gotcha. And the, the, were you still doing the bow ties or? No, I stopped. I had stopped. I did it for a year. It was the best year of, of my um, my life at that point because I was able to spend time with my kids. They were younger at the time. So I would, uh, you know, have them downstairs in between preparing lunch and breakfast and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Then cut up some some fabric, get it all together, and then hit the road and go into the city and try to uh, sell the ties to just random strangers. Hmm. <laughs> nice that's cool and then uh kinko's so how like what years was that that was um 96 to 2000 2007 okay yeah. nice so almost up until up yeah. until you moved up to connecticut mm-hmm. yeah and what, do you have a dream job now? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to pursue what I'm doing now, like in terms of just being able to take, um, not make money off of it as a money-making venture, but be able to make a difference with what I'm doing in terms of sharing stories with mm-hmm. uh, just ordinary people. I'm not, I've never been one to be like fascinated with the interworkings of, you know, superstars' lives. And, and I mean, I find it interesting, but I'm more fascinated by just the, the normal connections with people. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah. like, what, what are you doing? Like this, this, I met a woman who was, um, I was coming back from the Brooklyn half and at the expo and I was, you know, I had gotten something to eat and I pull over and it, there's, there's this protest or like a gathering. I was trying to figure out what's going on. So I parked the car and come over and there was a woman who just an ordinary woman. She had called a group of her friend, friends and organized this rally um, to speak out about abortion. And I just, you know, mm-hmm. where I don't know where, where you may stand on, on the issue of abortion, but just being able to say, this is something I want to do and I'm concerned about it. And rather than sit online and just vent to complain sure. and be a troll, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to organize. And she was out in front of the state Capitol building. So you, you, it was like, wow, this is, um, yeah, this, I, I, I find stuff like that interesting. Like her story is, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of just an ordinary person who was just, you know, doing something within her sphere of influence. And yeah, that, that to me is, uh, that's honorable. Yeah. That's cool. I think there's so much depth to people. So once you take the time to sit down with someone and, and understand like what they have been through and what they're shaped by, then you get an understanding of why they, feel the way they feel today and why they act the way they do today. Yeah. So, so let's say we, we, we would sit down for an hour. Um, and then what, man? And then, uh, we say our goodbyes and (laughs) I write a little post, but I don't know. I, um, like yesterday I was filming a video with this guy drew, um, Mm. in LA and he wanted to capture, he wanted to capture some footage of me chatting with people that I'd previously met, but we didn't, he didn't like, we didn't talk about that until we actually came together. So it was hard to like get people together last minute in LA, but we were just walking through the streets, uh, filming some footage and we stopped into this acting, uh, like school just to get some shots of people. And this dude Denton that I had met, either last week or two weeks ago, walked behind me and was like, Rob, what's up, dude? And I got to see him again. And so that's the cool part for me is just naturally running into people uh, around town. And it's interesting because there are people who I've met once and I haven't seen since then. There Mm -hmm. are people who I've met and who have become good friends of mine. So it's just like this natural bell curve of where the relationship's head after the first hour, but like I said earlier, I, I kind of see this hour as opening the door to a foundation for a relationship. And then every time I see people afterwards, it's like I'm building a little bit more on top of that foundation. Yeah. So, so for me, I feel no pressure to become really good friends with that person within a few months of meeting them. Cause I understand I could meet that person and I may not see them until 10 years from now. And we might be able to help each other in a really big way 10 years from now. Yeah. So Drew, you met like in 2017. And since then, he's been doing like 
600 daily videos. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, do you, do you feel like, ah, oh, like these aha moments or is it, is it like, wow, what, what is the experience like for you? There, uh, there's aha moments every once in a while. The experience has just been one of like continuing to push forward. I mean, from a, from like a boring standpoint, it's just me meeting four people every single day or like trying to meet four people every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like trying not to run out of money um, and trying to get to a place where the project is interesting enough that brands are willing to work with me. And so every once in a while, there's like an aha moment of like, hey, I should reach out to this company because their mission really aligns with what I'm doing. Like, why haven't I talked to them before? Or a moment of like, oh, it's easy to logistically do the project in this manner. Like for me, a small example is coming out to LA. I meet people at noon to four and six every day just because the traffic patterns are so bad in the mornings and rush hour in the evening that it just doesn't make sense for me to leave until those times. In Philly, I'll meet people at 10 a.m., noon, two and four. Uh, mm -hmm. So small learning along the way that helps me ultimately get to the goal. Okay. So, so what number are you at? currently uh drew is the last person i met yesterday so i think he was 2617 mm -hmm. yeah okay. so yeah just just over a fourth of the way there got you so you've got this mapped out so what year i mean if you if you stick to your current plan do you have it set out like that where i'll be finished by 20 whatever or, uh, i think I think it will be like 10 more years before I'm finished. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's been three and a half since I started and I'm moving at a faster pace now than when I started, but still with traveling and, and wanting to get to other countries and other cities, I think I'm willing to let the project uh, take longer so that it's a more rich experience. And mm -hmm. for me, it's like my mind, I think about it more so in terms of once I get to financial stability, then it doesn't matter for me how long it takes because I actually enjoy the journey of sitting down and meeting people. Like it's not like a work project where I just want to get it done and out of the way. It's, mm -hmm. it's how I want to spend my time. So yeah, I'm pumped. Like I'm excited for it to take 10 more years. Yeah, that, that's, that's a huge uh, undertaking. So you, you were saying... Uh, as far as looking for people to, to underwrite it, how would people reach out to you if they wanted to to support the project or the endeavor? Where would they go to uh, to find out more about you? Yeah, so they, they could hit me up on Instagram is mainly where I keep track of everything. My mm -hmm. my handle is at Rob's10kfriends. Um, I am also on Gmail, Rob's10kfriends at gmail.com. Uh, and I also post to Twitter and Facebook with each thing. It's the same handle. Um and then I have a website, robs10kfriends.com. Uh, but yeah, most of like the interactions that I do and, and what I post is on Instagram. Um, but yeah, any one of those resources people can find me through. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you said it's sort of like a, a cross between the buried life, humans of New York and dirty jobs. Yes. So it, it expound on that a little bit further yeah so i just picture that as like my ideal life so the buried life was this mtv show where the concept was they were crossing 
items off of their bucket list while traveling around the country. And for every item they would cross off their list, they'd help someone cross an item off of theirs. So it was just like a spontaneous adventure, like feel good show. And for me, I love the spontaneity of that. They just like setting off with a goal in mind and not knowing where it will take you. From Dirty Jobs, I really like the, the fact that he's able to step into other people's lives and experience what they're doing. Um, for me, like I love doing experiences with people too. So the, the flight above San Diego is a good example of that. Or there are people who I've gone surfing with for the first time. Um, just other types of experiences where I'm stepping into their world for a bit. And then the Humans of New York is kind of just the, the meeting people and the storytelling aspect of just coming across people who are, are strangers and giving them the time to listen to their story and then sharing that with an audience. So all of those three things, I just, I'm interested in pieces of, of each of them. And that's kind of like how I picture my project. So do you have a team of people that, that work with you to get all of this um, done? Uh, no, it's just me. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So what did, what did your parents think when you told them, uh, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my, uh, my, my, my high-powered job and uh, pursue this? Yeah, I think they thought I was a little bit crazy. Um, and I, I think they probably still do. I think for, <laughs> for them, like, they grew up in a world where you stay at the same company for 35 years until you retire. And so I think them seeing my life path, they're like, our son is, is wasting time that he could be spending at a corporation climbing the ladder. And for me, it's like I don't intend to climb a ladder. I intend to create my own path. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're supportive in the fact that they have hosted me when I'm back in Philly and I always stay with them when I'm in Philly and they like gave me the best upbringing that a kid could have. Uh, and they still want the best for me, which is why I think they're worried, but Mm -hmm. it's just a different generation with different opportunities. And for me, having the full picture of my project by doing it and, and interacting with all the messages I get and seeing the companies respond to me. For me, I know that this is the path that I need to be on. How did you, how did you discover that? How, I mean, because you say it was such assurance and, and, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, um, I don't know. I'm just confident in it. And it's just, I just think that I can make it work. And I, like for me, the validation that I see is, is the, continu- the project continuing to grow. Every time someone hears about it, they think it's an interesting concept. I've had uh, coverage like last July, I did a phone interview with Ryan Seacrest for his national radio show. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to work with brands. Like I just finished a trial partnership with the co-working space we work, and I'm just waiting on a contract for them to enter into a partnership. And so for me, seeing those small pieces come together it's like, okay, it's, it's all coming together and it will work out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just paying attention to all of that stuff. And at the same time, like I've come close to running out of money before and I've, I've been able to push past that fear to continue going until I did find something, a partnership that hit and that bought me more time. And so I think having gone through those experiences before and coming out on the other side, 
I'm mm-hmm. confident that I can continue to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm inspired by you, man. Um, I, I think a lot of people are gonna get a bad rap. They're lazy. They don't want to do this. They just want to, you know, they feel entitled. And, mm-hmm. and so you, I'm not trying to make it like you're, you're like, you're special or you're on, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to gas you up or whatever. Sure. But it's, it's just different. It's like an anomaly. It's not normal. So when I heard the story and says 25, he's not, this is, yeah, there's something more there that I, that, that, that I just found intriguing. Um, and just kind of step out there and, 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 and do that is just, yeah. It, yeah. I found, I, I was, yeah, I said, I want to talk to this guy. I want to, you know, find out about him and, and have him on the show and share your story because I think it's, um, it's worth sharing. You know, so your dad said to you, you should, you should blog more. Mm-hmm. So, you did a, so you started blogging, uh, you did a blog in, in his honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he always wants me to write more. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, I write every day with people's stories, but there are times when I, it would be beneficial for me to share my thoughts more in like long form posts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's exciting, man. I, I'm, I'm, and you, what, I, what I found attractive uh about the the whole project and about you as an individual is is you're humble it doesn't seem you know there's a lot of press Mm -hmm. about you um but i don't you don't seem you didn't come up with i was featured here and i was here you know contact my people contact your people and and you know you you've you've gotten a lot of press over the years and it's and you just seem like this ordinary uh, individual going about, you know, your business of, of, of accomplishing this goal uh, that you set out for yourself, this audacious goal, not just, okay, I'm just going to do, you know, 400 people, you know, and it's over and done with and, you know, and that's it to wrap right. folks. Yeah. So if people want to reach you, give them that plug again so they can get in contact with you. Yeah. Um, Instagram is at Rob's 10 K friends, which is also Facebook and Twitter. They can email me, robs10kfriends at gmail.com, uh, or check out my website. Um, but yeah, if they want to meet me, give me a shout, even if they're not in the area that I'm in. I, I fully intend to travel in the future, so always, always looking for more people to meet. And I appreciate you having me on and, and using your platform to share my story. Yeah, you know, and, I, and full tra- uh, transparency here, uh, I don't have an ulterior motive, um, in terms of just outside of saying, hey, I, I want to drive across the country. So I found it, your story interesting. Um, and I keep saying interesting, but I, it, it, yeah, it was, it was appealing. Um, and I met, I met another individual from uh, Pacific Cycling and Triathlon Cafe, and he drove across the country on his motorcycle. So it was like in a different time. Yeah, And it's not like, you know, like the stars were aligning and, you know, the sky opened up and it was like, this guy did it. But now you, you've done it during a, a, a current time. So it was just, uh, wow, rather, I don't have to reinvent the wheel, but figuring out how to drive across the country and do a mini documentary and, mm. and, 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 and in my mini, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it was, it, it, yeah, it's, it's something else, man. But uh, 10,000 people, uh that's your project, man. I, I'm uh, I'm excited to watch it all unfold. I'm glad to be a yeah. part of uh, the the process, man. 
Yeah, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. All right, Rob, thank you. You enjoy the rest of your day. And um, I had a, a, a another uh, Penn State grad who's out in Cali on the show, Alyssa. She's uh, from Snack Nation. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's cool. Yeah, good good people. Definitely. All right. Have a good one, man. All right, Jack. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Later.